That's pretty good, right? That was good, yeah. I wish I was, uh, wasn't a fat piece of shit. Well, hey, takes one to know one. Bam. All right, perfection. We are ready to party. This is how we party wound socket. There we go. I love it. Wound socket all day, every day. Wound socket lifestyle. Oh. All right, so we're here with Don Jolly, who is my personal rabbi, my spiritual advisor. He's been teaching me Hebrew yep. and he's been coaching me in the Torah and more importantly in the Talmud. Uh, his, his body of knowledge is immense. Uh, he can quote really anything about goys being cattle um, because he is a, a graduate, uh, a, a, a religious studies graduate. He's a theologian. theologian. Isn't that right, Don? Um, yeah. tell, tell, tell the viewers at home about yourself briefly well, here. I'm the editor-in-chief of uh, Dagger Magazine. I got in the Illuminati about uh, um, that's daggermag.com. Which it's is a, an excellent publication, by yeah, the way, it's daggermag.com. It's, it's a literary magazine that I came up with. I was hanging out with some boys from the CIA, and uh, they wanted me to come up with uh, with something that was really going to get people excited. It was going to be like the Paris Review of the 21st century. So we came up with this, and it's been going pretty good, you know. you got to push culture in that particular direction. I can't, you know, let you know exactly where we want it to go. But like I said, I've been in the Illuminati for about four years now, so I'm a young, I'm a young chicken, <laughs> a young Turk. <laughs> but I got big dreams. And you actually are one of the young Turks. Yeah, behind I, the scenes. Well, you write for the show. Well, I mean, it does. Like, I'm, I'm not really comfortable with this because I am. The term is gender fluid. You were Chenk's personal assistant for a while, but he made some sexual advances on you that well, made I was you uncomfortable. His, I was his personal assistant for a while. Um, Chenk Uyghur. Chenk, yeah, the, <laughs> Chenk Uyghur. I was his personal assistant for a while. Actually, you got, you got the story a little mixed up. He made some some sexual advances on me, uh -huh. but then he actually put me on the show. Uh -huh. So, like today, I'm having a boy day. Okay. That's what it means to be gender fluid. I'm a man. I'm a woman. Yeah. Depends. So I'm actually Anna Kasparian. So Chenk just picked the wrong day to make those advances on you. I mean, essentially, depends, depends on your point of view. I won't tell you how far he got. Okay. You know. All right. Well, anyway, folks, uh, Don's magazine, DaggerMag.com, is uh, very much worthwhile. I think everybody should check it out. There are print versions, then there's the online version. The online version is a little more shit posty, a little less literary, uh, but there's the content well, it, yeah. there is uh, just fantastic, and uh, I'm a I'm a true believer, and you guys should check it out for sure. Thank you very much. Any other things you want to say about that before we? No, I, was, move that, on? Okay. I think that's the best that you can say. Thank you. What's up? My name's uh, hi, my <laughs> hi, I'm Bill Clinton. You got you got a dick? <laughs> want a blowjob? Oh <laughs> uh, man, that's one of the lines that Don wrote from an upcoming uh, project we're, we're working on together. Hi, I'm Bill Clinton. You got a dick? Want a blowjob? <laughs> oh man. Can I smoke? Yeah. I am gonna stick it up. Yeah. We're going to a gas station though, so you, I wanted to light up at the, at the gas station. Just to, <laughs> just to do it by the by the gas. By the pumps, yeah. 
That's where I like to light up these days. Do you, you actually drive to gas stations to light up? Uh, <laughs> yeah, why not? Right. No, I just, um, I, a few years ago I saw some cops smoking at a gas station. And I was like, you know what? That's what I'm going to start doing. Just lighting up at, this, at, the, at the pump. Because cops were doing it. So I figure, you know, it's gotta be, it's gotta be good and safe and protecting people <laughs> if they're doing it. Oh yeah, <laughs> we're going fast. I've got some weight plates in the in the bed, uh, so when we whip around corners here, we'll have some extra traction <laughs> because these 45 pound plates in the back. What are you doing driving around with 45 pound weight plates? Oh, I need a traction for drifting. Oh, traction for drifting. Yeah. The weight transfer actually helps the tires uh, hook up. That's what uh, us drag racers and drifters call it when the tires get traction, we call it hooking up. Oh, each twist of the neck is like a dagger. It's like a dagger mag in my spine. <coughs> so it's enlightening and classy? Yeah. An enlightening and classy pain. Those weight plates, see we would have done a we would have done just a burnout right there, no traction at all, but those weight plates got it hold, holding it down. That 90 pounds. The 90 really, pounds giving us that little that boost. Makes the difference. Oh yeah. You know how it is with space travel, you know, it's everything has to be weighted out mm -hmm. exactly. Every every ounce counts. In a machine like this, you know, it's ah. like there's no margin for error. There's none, yeah. You're sitting on a exactly. fucking rocket. So like how long have you had really bad death wish? Uh, forever. Okay. No, I actually, I don't want people to get the wrong idea, and I definitely don't want people to be driving reckless. Um, I'm ac I actually do play it pretty safe. I really don't ever go over, like, 75% of what the, the tires are capable of on the street here. Don't race anyone. I don't, I don't try any antics. I keep it uh, keep it kosher, 100% Talmud all the time. We got the Hulk green Camaro up here. I would turn the camera to see it, but uh, I have a feeling if I change any settings on this camera, we're gonna be fucking around with it for an hour. Oh, brutal. Yeah. Time to light up. Okay. Ah, forgot the gas cap. What an amateurish mistake. How can I call myself the Phantom Racer with making mistakes like that? I thought the Phantom Racer's identity was unknown. We'll have to edit, edit that part out. Yeah, you gotta be careful. Never mind what you just heard, folks. I am not and never have been, never will be the Phantom Racer. Who's this mysterious man who wins every auto racing title? Wins every gas engine truck race that he enters into. I think he just like busts onto the onto the track at NASCAR right mm. at the end. Steals takes the, gold, the gold. Takes the gold. <laughs> does, one, does one lap, wins the race. Oh shit. Ah. Oh, we got Trenchcoat Willie there? <laughs> Damn, I wanna take him. Ah, I wish we could 
take the fucking camera off and do some. Phantom Racer faster than any bike. What is that, an R1? R1 never beats truck. Truck beats R1 every time. Actually, I went there, uh, my buddy was a, a, a stiltsman at King Richard's Fair. Stiltsman. So I got to go for free there. And it was kind of cool. I don't know if it's worth 40 bucks. Ah. I've never been to anything like that. Like the, the, I mean, I've been to Ren Fairs. Yeah. I kind of like Ren Fairs. Because there's like a whole Ren Fair. What's the difference between that and a Ren Fair? Well, like, like this is a stable location. This is like a theme restaurant, but like, Renfair people are like uh, American nerd gypsies. Oh no, that's a that's a Renaissance fair. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I thought I thought that was like medieval times. Or no, something. no, no, no. The fact that there was an authority figure, mm. like King Richard, is oh, all that's what. Thing. Yeah, yeah. That made me think. It looks this, yeah. more established, but it's it's really just a clearing in the woods where people sell pewter jewelry. Yeah, right on. Leather mug makers. Mm -hmm. Juggling stands. Yeah, a fire breathing guy who told me a good piece of advice. He told me that uh, people can't can't not look at fire. And so anytime you see in one of my motion graphics things any fire, I'm usually thinking about that while creating it. I like that you're given creative insights here. I know. Uh, uh, so what that, do you think this is? You think I'm just smoking all day and this happens by accident? That you catch me while I'm smoking? Come on. I'm a theater man. I'm a theater man. Uh, so how many times have you paid over $1,000 to see uh, Hamilton on Broadway? Twice. I'm, I'm up to four. But I live in the city, so. Okay, so that makes sense then. It, it's a little bit, it's closer for me. Is that really how much it is for a regular ticket? It, seriously, it's like thousands of dollars. Oh, you gotta buy them fuck, with scalpers. Man. Fucking A. No, and, and like, like to watch some crap... Like, the, the, the important thing about that show is not actually watching it or listening to it. It's buying the ticket, because once you buy the ticket, you're a good person. Oh, man. That's the thing. Like, That's crazy that they get to put that much of a tax on it just because it's that... I mean, is that what they usually cost, Broadway shows? I, I mean, no, I, don't, right? I don't fucking know. Um, I guess I've seen some plays. I don't know how you determine what's, like, on Broadway, off Broadway, as, as you know, if it isn't just, like... Literally, the theater is on. I think Broadway, Broadway is literally on Broadway. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I guess I've seen some shows like uh, around Times Square and shit, and mm. they're not, but they're not musicals, so like they don't. The tickets aren't that bad. Mm. I mean, at the time they weren't that bad for me, but it's like it's still like sixty bucks. Mm. But thousands to see to be lectured to by these monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that would be too much for you, man. Sorry. Yeah, you know, I, I, yeah, you know. 
I meant monkeys because they dance around like monkeys. I didn't, there's nothing to do. The white people, I'm also calling monkeys. Come on. So you're being you're being egalitarian? <laughs> yeah. You call them monkeys? That's actually a stand-up bit that I wrote but never never got around to using was calling people in the audience little monkeys and then saying, no, it's because you're acting like a monkey. Like the white person next to you is being a little monkey too. <laughs> Doing like that. You're all, see, you're all little monkeys. That's the kind the of white thing. ones are too. You're both monkeys. They destroyed Kramer's career. Yeah. For less than that. <laughs> well, my career is non-existent, so I've got nothing to lose. Really? Oh, so that makes you a dangerous man. I'm a dangerous man. Da yeah, you can like you Ted can, Kaczynski. You can tell it like it is. You can say the the things that we're all we're all thinking, but we're afraid to say. Like Hamilton sucks. Like Larry the Cable Guy. Like Larry the Cable Guy. Exactly. I'm like Larry the Cable Guy. I'm dangerous. I got dangerous opinions. Ah. I'm like Jeff Foxworthy. I'm like Jeff. Fo I'm like uh, I'm like Amy Schumer. My opinions are so dangerous and cutting edge that, you know. I'm like Amy Schumer because I've been eating crap and, and consuming poison for so long that it's replaced me on a cellular level. <laughs> and if I ever get an opportunity to do a Netflix show, I'm gonna squeeze myself into a tight leather corset. You're like the ship of Theseus of crap. Yes. Is that what is that the right thing? I, What's I the ship that was replaced piece by piece? The ship that was replaced piece. I actually don't know. Well, that's that's like a mythology thing. There, the ship that was. Every piece of the ship was replaced over time, right. so much so that it was no longer the same ship. Is it still the same ship? I think it's the ship of Theseus. There we go. But that's like our our bodies with this five guys we're about to enjoy. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna enjoy the hell out of this. I'm mm. gonna shake. Ah, this is acid. <coughs> well, you wanna you wanna get this food? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Allahu Akbar. <laughs> Allah. <laughs> you want to go into Adam and Eve real quick? Sex store. They got all kinds of jellies in there. Touch tease turn me on. We vibe. <clears throat> Allahu Akbar! Allahu Akbar! <laughs> there we go. <clears throat> what are they gonna if they if they you can't call the cops on you for saying Allahu Akbar? No. What are they what are you gonna say? Yeah, I'm saying God is great. Fuck you. I can say that wherever I want, all day. Well, in Obama's America, they can put you in jail for saying God is great, especially if you do it in a public school. Damn. Twist your world, it? So we're here in front of the Orange Julius Orange Leaf, America's frozen yogurt. And I was just thinking, what could they possibly, how much business could they do in a day? Like $90? How many people are really buying frozen yogurt out here? Let's take a look. Let's get the camera turned around. There it is right there. It's back to the truck into the orange leaf door. <laughs> there it is. But that's the orange leaf. And that's frozen yogurt. Is there a guy working in there? Looks like it. Yeah, there is. Let's see if we can get him on camera. Let's back the truck through the doors. <laughs> Fuck, man. This is too...
too funny. All right, so we got the orange leaf right here. Let's just go ahead and pack the camera through the doors real quick. This would be impossible without <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're at the orange leaf right now. America's frozen yogurt. I'm here with Don Jolly, DaggerMag.com. DaggerMag.com, that's right. And we're fucking having a night. We're having ourselves a night on the town, boys. We're just a couple of bad teenage kids tonight. A couple of bad dudes looking for pussy. Where are we going to find that pussy? It's 11 a.m. It's 11 p.m. Where can you find pussy at 11 p.m.? Probably the orange leaf, honestly. Probably. we got to go back yeah. through the doors. Oh, God. I read that on uh, an MRA site. I think it was Chateau Cariste. Yeah. <laughs> you want to make an entrance. If you're looking for pussy, you're cruising for pussy, 11 p.m. on a weeknight. Drive backwards through Dri the opening. Drive backwards through the opening of the orange leaf. <sighs> Chicks right. dry out. Let's jump back to what we were talking about there in the orange leaf. The um, right. um, college thing. You Did you actually, did you get a graduate degree or were you saying that's what you did not do? No, I got, I got my master's degree. From New York University, yeah. Um, from the the uh, the Center for Religion and Media. But what was the program you were talking about? Well, I got accepted. So at, at the end of my master's degree, I applied to PhD programs, mm -hmm. and <coughs> there's basically two tracks you can do. Um, especially like I, I wanted to study uh, new religious movements, mm -hmm. uh, colloquially cults. Mm -hmm. And I, I've done some work on Scientology, and that's that's my claim to fame in that particular world. And uh, so I applied to PhD programs, and I got into Florida State University, which is a, you know, I don't want to disparage that program. I hear it's very good. But the offer that they made to me was essentially, you know, like the, the letter that they wrote was like, yeah, you're a good scholar. We want to support your work, blah, blah, blah. But then there was three paragraphs of, here's what you need to do for us, because mm -hmm. we let you in. And it was essentially, we're going to give you a tiny amount of money, like so little money that you'll have to get a job at Burger King to pay your rent. Mm -hmm. And you have to work full time as a teaching assistant um, for free, mm -hmm. teaching, uh, you know, undergraduate level religion courses, mm -hmm. which like this, this is not unique to Florida State. This is how academia functions, especially like at the, at the graduate level. Mm -hmm. They produce too many graduate level degrees. There's not enough positions to employ them, not close to them. And because the competition is so fierce, they use the graduate students as an unpaid labor force. Mm. It, it's, it's kind of like college football, except nobody gives a shit mm. and they don't televise it. Um, I mean, there's, there's other problems with academia, but it was like, you know, the deal that I got offered was, you know, do you want to live in pure hell you want to live a, an embarrassing slave life forever mm. in exchange for not security or, or, you know, a position of respect in society, but the promise of security and a position of respect in society, which knowing a lot of people that have gone through these, de these degree programs, it remains a promise for years and years and years. Like, mm. especially big universities, like places like NYU it's, or, or the University of Texas, which I also have some knowledge of, um, they pretty much exist as daycare centers for 
young people that are are they're not qualified to do anything. Mm -hmm. There's not really anything for them to do. And so you just park them in this place for four years. That You can't really fail them. Daycare centers. Daycare. Like the... Yeah. <laughs> well, it's also nightcare centers. Because it's like if you go to a place like um, was it Penn State. Uh, and, and actually, any of these big schools, they have like buses that'll take you around to the frat party. So you can go get blackout drunk. It's God. like you can go be an 18-year-old girl getting blackout drunk at frat parties. And the school will pick you up. And they'll hold your hair while you puke. Mm-hmm. And, like, the idea of going to college is, like, you're going to be trained. You're going to get a, a... You're going to be uniquely suited after this experience to, uh, to like, perform in the world. Mm. And I don't necessarily mean that you're going to get a high-paying job because that's not, like, necessarily the guarantee of education. But you're at least going to have, like, an ability to interact with society. But, like... Four years of college these days, I think it actually retards your ability to interact with society. Oh, definitely, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's it's a, it, and you know I, I remember I was at a, a a conference once. I was at the the AAR SBL conference, the American Academy of Religion and the Society for Biblical Literature conference. I was in this was in Baltimore. This was a few years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, I went to a session that was called something like you know the the postgraduate job market. And it was just all these, like, there was one lady who introduced herself as a union organizer, and then there was adjunct faculty members, young people, PhDs, postdocs, people who have their PhD, but they're still working in the department, just kind of doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, and everybody's story was, I'm fucked. Mm. And so you go around, this is like a three-hour-long session of just, I'm fucked, I'm fucked, I'm fucked. There's no future, there's no future, mm. there's no future. And it's like... But, but, you know, these are all, like, these are nice people. They listen to a lot of NPR, so, like, they don't really have the capacity to feel panic. Mm. Because they just, like, like I was, I was saying this earlier today, like, like NPR, that whole culture, um, the, like, good citizen, taxpayer, uh, everything's fine culture, it, mm. it's, it, it, it's like the, the sound that they play in the slaughterhouse to keep the cows from bolting before mm. they hit you with the, with the pneumatic hammer yeah. <laughs> and so like they're not really capable of panicking but they're like well that's that's one of those things that the, the, when they when they scientifically have studied the different the, the difference in brain between uh between liberals and conservatives i mean self-identifying liberals and self-identifying conservatives right they uh the, the conservatives tend to have more of a uh not tend to they're they're strongly uh more of a um, danger instinct and a self-preservation instinct, and a and that uh, whatever it is that primal response to to danger, and liberals don't have that, don't tend to have that. And the other, they uh, that that one headline that came out a while ago that was like we've scientifically found a way to make people not racist. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And it was they used electrical stimulation to disable the part of the brain that's like threat response. Like that's how they that's how they made people less racist was by disabling their threat response. So that's what that reminds me of, that that uh, that everything is fine crew. But, like, they know it isn't. I mean, when I was in this session... I don't know if like, that's true, though. I don't know if they do know that no, it isn't. Well, at least in the in regards to this specific micro-example of the people talking about, like, what's my future in uh. academia, they all kind of came to the conclusion there is no future. They're getting rid of tenured positions in general and the current tenured professors are not helping anybody out um 
like the the best case scenario is you're going to be an adjunct and you're going to move from school to school teaching undergraduate level courses where you're not allowed to fail anybody mm. because that's not your role anymore mm. like basically being the like i don't even know if you need to be licensed to be in a day daycare center mm. but like you're the the college equivalent of a you're, you know you're a young adult you're a, a sheep nanny. herd you're a mm. nanny yes mm -hmm. you're a nanny and uh you have no like if you got into this game because you wanted to like contribute to the body of human knowledge it's like okay so uh well just to, to finish up this thing it's like all these people were sitting around acknowledging like i have no future i don't know what the fuck i'm gonna do i am completely at the mercy of this giant system that does not give a shit about me and then the, the response was the woman who introduced herself as a union organizer got up and handed out business cards at the end and was like well you know get in touch with me if you ever want to uh create an additional layer of bureaucracy <laughs> that will fuck you <laughs> And everybody, you know, everybody was like, oh, yeah, mm, thanks, yeah, right. <laughs> they, they put it in their fucking folder. They like, uh, I assume that a lot of them did what I did after that. Is like I, I went to a 7-Eleven, and I got a 7-Eleven pizza, and I locked myself in, in, my, in my hotel room, and I was like, what the fuck am I doing? What have I done with my fucking life? Like, I owe so much fucking money. I owe so much money to the federal government in exchange for this lesson that I've been parting to all of you right now in exchange for this beating this life beating you still owe money oh fuck yeah <laughs> fuck how much like i i the interest has been compounding i honestly don't even check <laughs> oh, no. fuck man but like you know i don't like like i was saying there's other ways to live yeah. there's other worlds yeah there's other worlds out there man there really are like, and, and this is For something sure. like, this, this is why I love the fucking internet right now, because everybody is starting to realize, like, my parents fucked me. Mm. Sometimes, literally. <laughs> God. Um, the government fucked me. The education system fucked me. My job Somet fucks me. Sometimes literally. Sometimes literally. Mm -hmm. And, like, all of these people that claim, like, you know, oh, the, you know, anybody who comes to you with this rap of, like, you're so special. You're the best guy. You're so, oh, you're a superstar. You're going to change the world. You're in your Honda element. You're going to change the world. Like, I think people are starting to realize that it's like, not only are these people like like jagoffs, but they're dangerous. Mm. Like, they're trying to kill you. Mm -hmm. They hate you. Mm. And then, so all these people on the internet now, they're starting to just get together and build alternate systems of living. Mm -hmm. Man, the back the backup camera is so funny. <laughs> Just thinking about fucking killing someone and watching their their head come by or drive driving through a door. I just let's take I, this let's take this to the bed. Let's get more intimate. Let's get in the bed. I'm gonna eat my burger in the bed. Tilt it there, like there. This is my favorite feature. My gay little step. My favorite feature, I'm a princess. I don't want to step up <laughs> all the way. I don't want to I don't want to step on this. That's for men. That's for scary lumberjack men. I'm a princess, so I get the step. There we go. You got bag knees? Yeah, I got bag knees. Do you say bad knees or bag knees? Bad knees. Do you have bag knees? Well, I, I was telling you, I tore I tore all the ligaments like when I was in high school, I still had problems. God. This camera is such a piece of shit. Fuck. I do hate this camera, man. This phone. 
This phone was promised. I was promised a good camera with the Google Pixel. Mm -hmm. It was not delivered. Oh my God. Yeah, last time I had a camera, it got blown up by deck collectors, so I solved that problem. Mm. You mean a phone? Yeah. Mm. That's why I only have a Skype number. How's this? That's pretty good. Perfect. Here we go. I mean, you know, if you hold it close to the mouth, Mm -hmm. That's an ASMR thing. Well, that's what a lot of the fan base is into. Really? It's ASMR, yeah. Actually, that's probably true. And I'd be lying if I said I wasn't into it myself. I mean, it's a way for a girl to make intimate noises and pretend to be nice to you. So. Yeah, it's another way to pretend to have a girlfriend. I think if you're going to pretend to have a girlfriend, you should at least go like all out with it. You should become one of the waifu guys. You should be like Peter Coffin. <laughs> you familiar with him? Yeah. Well, yeah, he, he fucking, he bought a real doll. Oh, God. And <laughs> created the fantasy online that he had a, that it was a real girl. Good God. I actually kept up with that a little bit, and I think it did resolve that it, she was a real, it was, he actually did have a wife. Mm. But the wife did not look like the real doll. Good for him. Yeah. Well, no, like, I, I've seen the stuff that he makes. He's a bad, he's a bad person. He's one of these guys, like, his whole YouTube presence is just like an audition for, like, put me on the Nerdist. Somebody give me a job writing a mobile game. Mm. Please. Please, somebody with money. Please notice me. So what do you think of this burger? I like Five Guys. It's good. Yeah, me too. I wish they didn't use American cheese, though. It's so nasty. Oh, I like American cheese. I like American cheese. It's like a, it's like the grease that they put in the, in the gears of a machine. <laughs> this is palm oil, isn't it? Like it's hydrogenated palm oil. It's not actually cheese. Yeah, it is not cheese. It's not even in the cheese neighborhood. Mm. But I like that. I like I like chemical food. Mm. It's like a lot of members of my generation. I just feel like I'm toxic waste. I'm a waste product of the 20th century. Does it make you feel like you're? Um getting your money's worth or something like you got to have high-tech food no it's more like if i felt like i was a human being i would deserve cheese but like mm. because i'm a morlock i deserve american cheese i deserve the i deserve the, the grease gears mm. the gear grease the gear grease cheese well is that like a chicken in the egg thing like do you, do you think it's possible that the it's the cheat the american cheese that's making you feel like a morlock it's making me feel like a morlock no i i I guess I'm attached to my Morlock identity, but then you're getting into a whole complicated thing of like, <clears throat> when you're when you have like a certain idea of yourself, where does that come from? Like, do you receive that, or is that something that you create? Mm. I think it's kind of a half and half situation. I receive mine completely from YouTube comments. <laughs> really? Yeah. So, I, I mean, make, I shape myself based on the YouTube comments that I read that morning. If they're positive, I have a good day. If they're negative, I have a bad day, and I basically conform to what people are saying about me as much as possible. I mean, that's one way to do it, I suppose. Mm. But, you know, you do have serious neck problems. Mm -hmm. In a bad way. Really bad way. In a way that would be impossible for me to use any sort of mental powers to get rid of it or anything like that. No, it's, it's I mean, it's beyond the reach of medical it's, science. It has nothing to do with comments. This is a medical problem. That's beyond the reach of medical science. 
but, I, but I, what I'm saying is that it's like maybe you should be maybe you should be hanging out in places where you can kind post and people will be nicer to you and you should base your identity on that would that help my neck I, I think it has the power to I mean I believe that, that uh, the human mind has unlimited power over the body okay I'll give it a try right that's why I hang out on 8chan mm. it gives me uh, superhuman abilities and you get anime gifts so many <laughs> so it's a good place it's just it, yeah because there's a, anime gifts of eight-year-old girls being tortured to death it's a nice place for nice people nice. it's like the bar from cheers <laughs> no i mean like like eight chan eight chan is the the sewage runoff of the whole world it's like if nobody has any use for you, if you're just like, if you don't have anyone to talk to, if nobody, like if you died, if you got hit by a car, if somebody backed a Ford Raptor through the, or the Orange Julius and ran you the fuck over and nobody would come to your funeral, mm. like you're on 8chan and you've got a lot of good friends. And do you actually get like camaraderie? Yes, actually, as a matter of fact. Mm. That's good then. But that's a, that's a recent development though. Like, really, since the election, I've noticed a lot more online camaraderie just in general. Yeah, that's true. I think because we all realized that, like, num number one, we were right about, like, a lot of things. Mm. And number two, we have the capacity to control the world. Mm. Because we really do. Mm. I mean, much more so even in some ways than the, the, the people who are on the other side that have, mm. like, millions of dollars and you know this pretty impressive infrastructure of mm -hmm. information distribution yeah no I, I agree and it's 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 a very impressive thing i think i think everybody you know everybody out there should give themselves a nice firm meaty pat on the back mm. that's well here's looking at you kid this burger we're sharing it with you you're you're you know cheers Burger Brothers. Cheers. There we go. Mmm. <clears throat> oh, that's grease. I'm going to get sick as a dog. Mmm. I need two because I'm trying to keep my weight up. Yeah? Yeah. I posted a picture to Instagram. Uh, I'm 268. People, Some people thought I was faking it, but I'm got to keep, got to feed myself. Got to be a feeder. That's what I'm going for. You're going to be just big boy? I need to be big boy. Big big boy lifestyle. The biggest boy around? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's another thing. It's like, you know, I, I look at the comments on your videos. It's nothing but people talking about getting big, being a big boy. They got to get big. They got to be big boys. Yeah. Just saying, you know. No man, eight champ. They don't care if you're big, if you're little. All that matters is that you take care of your waifu and you love her sincerely. So it's like Planet Fitness. They it's accept, little, accept little, everyone. No lunks allowed. No judgment. Yeah, no no lunks. judgment zone. Lunk alarm. Lunk alarm. The only lunk alarm that they really have on eight chan is child pornography. I don't think the world is fucked because of the actions of any one particular subgroup of people. I think the world is fucked because a bunch of people 
motivated only by greed, created a system which is like not just slightly hostile to human life, but like aggressively hostile to mm. life and individuality. Like it only exists to to expand itself. Mm. And this isn't necessarily trust. Like I'm not just talking about capitalism because I think it's bigger than that. It's a uh, it's the industrial it's industrial civilization. It's like once you get this idea that you can like start dealing with people as masses, that mm. you can start mass reproducing things that like people in in that instance people become interchangeable, mm. you know, workers mm. within this this uh, system of duplication. Those are the assembly lines really what you got beef with. Yeah, mm. the assembly line. Yeah, and the 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 spiritual after effects of the assembly line where mm. where you want you, you turn people into machines mm. and then you start like once once you've turned people into machines like one of the things that you do because it's like you, you watch metropolis or whatever right mm -hmm. and and like any kind of, of movie that has like socialist undertones or it's like um, you know you're gonna have the workers then you're gonna have the upper class like mm -hmm. the, the, the time machine you have the Morlocks and the Eloy uh -huh. um, they always make it look like the workers are just getting shit on and they, they live in pain all the time, but that's, it's actually much worse than that because it's like we figured out the minimum amounts of pleasure that will like make a human gear function mm. for 70 years. And it's like, you know, you, you give them the grease, mm. you give them the grease cheese, and mm. you give them reality television, and you give them access to Facebook, and it's like it provides for the entire Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's like mm. you feel accepted, you feel wanted, you feel relevant, but you are none of those things. You're just being, you're just buying, you're just a mouth. Mm. And, and increasingly, especially in this country, it's like, we don't actually have jobs for anybody to do. Yeah. So it's like your well, job is. That's something that always, always sort of shocks me is think you think about what people actually do. So you think, think first about the billions of people who are like, <clears throat> Uh, their their employment consists basically of like subsisting, like for their for themselves, like getting uh, getting dirty ass water from a well, and yeah. like picking picking shit out of dirt, like doing doing nothing, and then think about all the unemployed people, and just all the people who you can you can look at what they're doing and just write it off as uh, either a net negative or like breaking even in terms of productivity or in terms of whatever metric you want to use to measure it. And then you think about all the the like jobs, like marketing, like just every every that whole segment of uh, I, not not that all like I'm not taking like a Bernie Sanders angle on this, but every every um, like you think about luxury products, marketing, advertising, the financial system, financialization. You've got like an ever increasing portion of the, the U.S. economy is financed. It's like 12% or something. Like some ridiculously high portion is taken up by banking, whereas it used to be like 2 to two to 4% or something like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, people selling sugar water, people selling Reebok sneakers and just all, all the bullshit. And then you think about, like, how many actual jobs are there? Like, how many actual... Uh, how many people are there whose efforts are, like, actually being put into use to make... The, the wheels sort of turn whether whether you're whether you're thinking about things going forward and progressing and getting better and and uh or you're just thinking about the day-to-day -day, like grind and things getting done it's like it's probably like a half a percent of people 
Right. It's, it's probably some really like shockingly low number, like 1% or 2% of the population is like responsible for uh, everything of, of, of substance. Um, and I forgot what, how we got onto the, how I got onto that, but, um, that's just something that it always shocks me every time I think about it. A lot of jobs these days come down to like, it's, it's like you talk about college as a daycare center. It's like now we've gotten to the point where like the daycare center on paper, it prepares you to interact with an economy that hasn't existed for 30 years. Mm. So now we have to come up with what do we do with these people afterwards? And this mm -hmm. is like, this is where you get like a, a Huffington Post blogger mm -hmm. because it's like, this is a person with no skills, mm. like absolutely none. Mm. And they get paid shit because they have no skills. They have no point of view. And they're like, I, I was actually at the Huffington Post once. I was at their offices and it's like, they do the tech company thing where they had like a cereal bar and oh, super soakers and God. it's, and it's fun, but like, it's not fun because it's just this like endless sea of cubicles mm -hmm. with with fluorescent lighting mm -hmm. and everybody is sitting there just typing constantly because they have like a deadline every four hours mm. it's like when you see some like when you see a really retarded story on huffington post mm -hmm. your reaction should not be fuck this person what a useless piece of shit although that person is inarguably a useless piece of shit it's mm. like that person has a job that is so fucking pointless mm. it's like it's like getting mad at a hamster for running on the wheel mm. it's like they have this idea. It's like, I'm a person, I'm alive. I gotta get paid for doing something. And they're like, you know, make a top 10 list. Top, you, the, the, the top 10 queer, <laughs> queerest comic book characters. So it's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> and the thing is, if you don't do it, if you don't turn out those like, Mm -hmm. the, the 10 articles that you got to write that day so mm. that you can go to drink Cosmos with your friends at the bar and like pretend that you're in an episode, pretend that you're in the episode of Girls that you're going to watch after you get back from the bar mm. and you're like drunk and depressed. Um, they, they fucking fire your ass. Mm. And then you move back in with your parents and your your life becomes the, the fucking nightmare of, well, I've completely failed. There's nothing for me in the world, but... I live in the suburbs with my baby boomer parents who are the, that's the last generation that this system like worked for because mm. they basically held onto it and sat on it and were like, fuck all of you. Mm. And so I can be pretty comfortable. It's just, I have no purpose. My life has no meaning. Mm. I'm, I am nothing. And then it's a lot of people are just living in that state mm. of pure nothingness. Baby boomers make me fucking sick, man. Do they? To think, to think that uh, the, the generation that, achieved the highest level of material prosperity the highest level of everything um materially not not spiritually necessarily but the highest level in in all of human history yes and also the first generation to leave their leave the incoming generation with less than what they had and it's it, it just makes me sick they're so, they're so universally they're so selfish like all they care about is like vacations and like dying comfortably and their retirement and you, you you see it in statistics too like healthcare like uh something like half of all healthcare costs are like the last six months of your life because these people are trying to these people they, they want to prolong their lives but their children don't love them they don't have like in 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 the past when an elder would have died you know you die surrounded by your family you die with your your community um but now it's you know they, they send them off to nursing homes because they raised this generation that doesn't love them, doesn't owe them anything. Um, and, uh, they, they, 
in in order to get like another fucking three weeks of of life of pathetic, drawn out on uh, life support life, they they go through uh, all their savings that they should be passing on to the their their offspring. You know. Yeah, I I remember, I I uh, I needed a root canal. I had a tooth that went bad. Mm. I mean, like I I still have a missing tooth there, and I didn't have any money. This was when I was still in graduate school. And my dad has a Triumph motorcycle, like mm. a Russian motorcycle. And is uh, it in uh, Ural? Yeah, Ural, Ural, Ural yeah. motorcycle. And he was buying parts for his motorcycle. Every time I talked to him on the phone, I'd get a motorcycle update, and I would be like, you know, Dad, I'm I'm really oh, I'm really in a lot of pain. Like I really need this root canal. And he would just like rag on me constantly. Like you think you're worth a thousand dollars? Oh my God! You think you're worth a thousand dollars? And it's like. That's horrific, man. It's the baby boomer thing, though, because it's like, yeah. I, like, like, and when you say that, like, their kids don't love them, that's definitely true. I yeah. know, like, pretty much everybody I know in my life, I do have to say, I know a couple of baby boomers who are good people, but they're almost, yeah. almost universally, old <sighs> counterculture people that unplugged from society in the '60s and mm. took it seriously and haven't plugged back in. Mm-hmm. Like those, those people are okay. They had the right idea of any generation. Mm-hmm. Those people are okay, but. Everybody that I know, everybody I grew up around, it's like even if your parents were there, even if your parents didn't, like if, if there wasn't an absentee situation or some kind of fucked up divorce, mm-hmm. like absent fathers, absent mothers, just like people that were checked out, that all mm. they were working on was their career or all they were like all they were doing was sitting around and watching television. One second. Yeah. Well, I wonder, I wonder what that is. I mean, it probably has something to do with how easy they had it, you know? Like you could, uh, with any reasonable amount of, of, uh, elbow grease, that generation, they were, they were owning homes in their twenties, you know? Um, well, it's, it's because their parents were the last people standing after the biggest global cataclysm in the history of the world. Like we knocked over Europe. We fucking firebombed Japan. Mm. South America was a cesspool anyway. Africa was a cesspool anyway. Not in a racist way. <laughs> I'll say it in a racist way. Well, that's your brand. It's a cesspool because of the Congo man. <laughs> the Congo man? That's what Brazilians call people with black skin. It's Congo man. Congo man? Yeah. Okay. I didn't come up with that. That's a good, uh, that's a good, a good, I'm learning stuff, you know? Yeah. Well, I don't like to, I don't want to drag my own parents. I, the thing is, I love my parents, but I, I wouldn't pay... I wouldn't pay ten thousand dollars plus. Any, I wouldn't pay even that small amount of a money to make their last days. You know, ensure that they get to watch TV and be on painkillers. You know what I mean? Like the, the putting putting them in the nursing home thing. <clears throat> um, when I was really hard up, I used to fantasize about stealing a car and getting a shotgun and driving to my hometown and murdering my parents and then dying mm, suicide by cop. Mm. We call that the millennial dream. We call it, yeah, that's definitely, I had a lesser, uh, I had a less intense, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to, I can't give away too much here. Yeah, yeah, don't. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I understand where you're coming from. Well, it's like, they had so much opportunity, more opportunity than anybody's ever had mm. because they had tons of money unparalleled access to the levers of power in society from a very young age because they had buying power. Mm. And in a consumer society, 
that's the ultimate power. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, you know, like when, when I was a kid, I was bombarded constantly with images of their childhood. Mm. Like the fucking wonder years and mm-hmm. all the, the late night TV, they're telling, you know, the, the Bob Dylan, the music of Woodstock. You know, oh, it's just beautiful. I'm not saying that, that every baby boomer went to Woodstock and all that shit, but it's like mm-hmm. they fetishize the 60s and the 70s as this time of like such great American purpose. Mm. You know, like this is when we really, we really had a shot, you know, we really, we really could have done something. And it's like, yeah. Mm. Like that's what, that's what they created instead of actually like taking up the mantle from the previous generation that landed on the fucking moon, by Mm. the way, Mm. like won the second world war, however you want to define victory, but was left standing at the end of the second world war and then created the most amazing scientific infrastructure in the history of the planet. Like all the, you know, the, the, the internet, the, mm-hmm. the engineering principles of the internet. Were scooch all, down a yeah, little yeah. bit this way. Sorry, I'm, I'm not I'm looking at the Probably camera. lean forward a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Turn your body 10 degrees this way. Okay, there we and go. And have, you have a glimmer in your eye and a, and a, and a smirk on your face. A glimmer? Yeah. And a smirk? Yeah. Like, look at, look at my face. That. I do not go. like that. I don't like that. <laughs> That's not my brand. <laughs> I got. I got to get my cigar though. Mm. I am gonna use the step. See, I told you, save those knees. Ford was thinking about you, my man. Oh yeah. Ford. Ford thinks about us all. At least somebody gives a shit. Ford gives a shit. That's their motto. We here at Ford Performance actually give a shit. That's why the F-150 comes with a pussy step. <laughs> mm. Ford gives a shit. I do love this fucking truck, man. I should do a review. Of the, of the Ford Raptor? Yeah, it's just the F-150. It's not even the... I mean, the Raptor's more powerful, but the F-150 is just so good, man. Everything... All, all new American cars, I don't know if you knew this, are really good. Pretty much. Not like the shitty ones. Like Not like the Dodge Caliber. Like, there are a lot of shitty ones. You wouldn't want to really want to buy a Dodge Caliber. But I sat inside a Hellcat. The interior of the Hell... You know what a Hellcat is? Mm. It's a Dodge uh, Challenger. It's the murder car. Oh, it's like the super version. Here, let me get that. Yeah. Fucking bitch! Take it in the car. Ah, I'm gonna have to yep. do it in the. Ah. Ah. <laughs> this is pathetic. I'm gonna start calling us the lighter boys. The lighter boys? We're sitting here, we're talking about, like, yeah, the fucking baby boomers, they fucked it all. We can't even light a cigarette. Mm. That's what they say about us, by the way. They're like, oh, our kids are fucking retards. Kids can't even light a cigar. But that's my pro tip. Check out new American cars. I didn't. I did know it. I did know that. But I didn't know how good they were. Like here? Here? I sold Toyotas for a year. And Toyotas are so sh- They're so bad. They haven't changed since when I sold them. They're still the same plastic, shitty, phoned-in car. Late 80s, early 90s Toyotas. Well, not Toyotas, but the, the Supra. It's my favorite car, so I don't like to trash the brand too much. <coughs> the Toyota Supra. Trucks were always good, too. Anyway, enough about Ford. 
But yeah, instead of actually achieving anything with everything they were given, the baby boomers just got lost in the fucking morass of like, I'm so great. Yeah. And you know, but but this is the thing, and to defend them a little bit, they are also the first generation in the history of the world that had a, a electric friend that lived yeah. in their house that told them they were fucking the best person in the world yeah. 24-7 for their entire life. <clears throat> and now they're all going to die <clears throat> watching it. Mm-hmm. Like, And they're not going to understand what we're talking about at all, because we don't. Mm. You know, we don't watch that fucking bullshit box. That really is true. They've been subject to basically mind control their whole fucking lives. It's not like... I mean, mind control is a, is a complicated concept. Because it... it, it, it sources back to basically anti-communist propaganda like there really are no techniques of of like forced mind control that, mm. that like really go beyond just like convincing somebody or like coercing somebody physically mm-hmm. but like it's even more insidious than that it's like it's love mind numbing yeah well it's it's just that they've been told like it feels really good mm. to watch tv and and to just feel like because because if you're a baby boomer kid when you were a kid, all the advertising dollars were spent to try and get you to buy the sugar cereal, to try to get you to buy the the Johnny Seven mm. One Man Army gun. Mm. When you were a teenager, all the advertising dollars were trying to get you to listen to the Beatles. They were trying to get you uh, on the Rolling Stones bandwagon. They were trying to get you to drink Martinson's coffee. They mm. were trying to get you to, to uh, buy a Volkswagen. Mm. And then when you got to be you know, when you got, like, you owned a house and everything, like, all the advertising dollars were talking to you again. Mm. Because you're a huge generation and you had spending power. Mm. So you've been told your entire life that you're the most important person in the world. Nobody else is worth shit. But not because these companies actually give a crap about you. It's because they want your money. They want mm. you to buy corn pops and a, and a fucking Ford F-150 or whatever. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm just pulling a brand. I'm not corn trying to pops talk sounds good, shit. though. Could go for that right about now. Yeah, me too. Big ass bowl of it. But they don't give a fuck if we buy corn pops. Mm. We're le- we're less of a we're less of a market. Mm. Yeah, they don't really mark they don't market to people who are on the fringes of uh, existence. <laughs> well, they I mean no money. <coughs> they they do. I mean, they marketed me pretty hard. They were like, "Hey, does everybody call you a psychopath? You know, if you, you're you like to read, kid? Nobody's going to take you seriously unless you have a degree." Mm. That worked. Well, that's that's uh, that's debt. That's the money that you could you could have. Anytime where there's free free uh, free debt, free loans yeah. backed by the government, yes. you can't you can't go bankrupt on them. You're gonna have people vying for that uh, that wad. It's even it's like so. I, I was telling you, you know, I've published some academic papers, right? Mm. I published a paper. And so the, just to, sorry, this is, this, there's three parts to this. The first part is if you're a scholar, if you want to be a, a scholar of anything, mm. you want to contribute to the body of human knowledge, right? You mm. want people to read what you've written. You want them to learn from it, mm-hmm. right? I wrote a piece for a, a very good collection of essays about my chosen field, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Brill Handbook of Scientology. I have an essay in there. Mm-hmm. You know how much it costs to buy that book? How much? $200. Because it's not sold to individuals, it's sold to college libraries. So, like, I created an essay that, in order to read it, you have to go into permanent and irresolvable debt and go to the library there. Fuck. And take it off the shelf. And look, like, 
if I want to see an animated GIF of an eight-year-old girl mm. getting hung by the neck until she dies and then she pisses her pants, that's free. <laughs> that's available 24 hours a day, 24-7, oh universal God. access. So, like, in a, in a world where an information network exists that allows for instant interchange of ideas across borders, across vast geographical distances, and with no latency... Mm -hmm. No latency of time. Mm -hmm. Like, it costs us as much time and energy to send this video to Azerbaijan as it does to, to shoot it over to, to Providence, mm -hmm. where we're shooting this. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I went into debt. I, I got my accreditation to get into this book. This is, this is a professional success mm -hmm. that I did not get paid for, mm -hmm. by the way. Just because you don't get paid, because the idea is that you're, like, you're being paid in prestige. Mm -hmm. The prestige of creating something... That and I'm gonna estimate so it's, here. So it's like how to bomb contributors. It's like <laughs> I read how to Actually, bomb. Actually, that's though. not that's not even true because uh, those people kids, pirate those, the shit out of that those book kids too. get paid too. Oh yeah. Yeah, so it's not even true that they're working for prestige. I think a few of them did, but that was because I was in a crunch to fill the uh, get the page count up to 744. But people read how to bomb. Mm. That's the difference. Mm. And also, like to get access to how to bomb, you don't have to like sign your life to the federal government right in order to like go to a library yeah but like it's it's psychotic and then you explain it to people and they're like oh well that's you know that's that's one point of view but <laughs> it's like is it is it really <laughs> <laughs> like i i know i know i know a girl uh getting her phd right now and this I'm, this is not a joke uh she's getting her phd studying isbn numbers this is a literature PhD. <laughs> and her whole thing is like, yeah, you know, the ISBN number really, it, it just made literature available all over the world. And it's like, no, it, it, it allowed you to systematize and centralize the sale of literature all over the world. People have God. fucking books. They had fucking words before the ISBN number. That's but it's like... painful. I get apoplectic, man. Mm. Because, like, I want human knowledge to advance. I want people to get together. I want to imagine a better society than this. I don't think it would be hard. Yeah. But, you know, they don't want to do it because, like, you're held hostage. And, like, ultimately, people don't want the advancement of human knowledge. They don't want to live in a more ethical society. They want, uh, they want a hot shower. And mm. they want, like, that pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> and they want to make a Facebook post that 13 people like. So they're like, you know, hmm. They see me. <laughs> I'm good. I'm gonna go lie down in my in my comfortable bed, mm. and I'm gonna go piss in my toilet. <laughs> I was just thinking about a bed with Deadpool sheets. <laughs> <laughs> I know adults with Batman sheets. Oh yeah. People get people get the whammy, man. Yeah. People believe in it. Mm. It's like Catholicism. Batman doesn't fuck you mm. when you're a kid. Unless you're Robin. <laughs> he only has one he has one designated kid mm. at all times. <laughs> the Catholic Church is a little bit more loosey goosey with <laughs> I have deep respect for 
Catholic theologians, and I think there's people of tremendous ethicality at every level of the Catholic Church, but some of them fuck kids. Hmm. You can't, I don't, I don't think you can mention that anymore without bringing up uh, uh, the rampant sexual abuse by rabbis in uh, Hasidic communities, because I know that, that that whole, the popularization, like of course it's terrible that priests fucked kids. The popularization of that, like, fact is is all <coughs> it's like Jewish media. It's not even that cuz it's like the the Boston Globe. Yeah. The people who first broke the, I mean there's been stories. But the movie about the Boston Globe story breaking okay, is yeah. it's, it's all it's all Jewish. I, I used to, I used to date a Jewish girl and she So was, anytime anytime anyone brings that up, okay, they talk someone you're in conversation with someone who's not woke and they're talking about um yeah, it's terrible with Catholic priests. You always have to throw in Always mention this, say, yeah, it is terrible. And it's also terrible what rabbis did to Jewish kids, too. Just throw that in, just let it slide out there, because that's got to be part of that. I do think it's a little... That's part of that now. It's a little different, i got to say. That's part of that now. Nope, you're wrong. It's part of it. I can't argue with, with the, the meme power of mm. Sam Hyde. But, like, Hasids are, a, are min a minority of a minority. Well, they're so inbred, I guess it's sort of... It's less, uh, it's less of a serious offense than abusing someone else's child. I... <laughs> is that what you're getting at? That's the point you were going to make, wasn't it? No, what, what I'm saying is that... The, that they're the, so inbred, the communities are so insular, that it's like, it's like an uncle. No, the problem, the problem with the Hasids is that they have their own law. Like, they exist in, in enclaves, you know, anywhere that they... And live. they're like rampant, like they're crazy ch chimos. Yes. So that's also the problem. Well, and they have, Which, like, a, a ritualistic reason to suck penis as soon as the child is born. Right, yeah. To mutilate. So it's, the, it's partially legitimized by their, their code there. Well, it's, it's because they're, they live, they live, they, they, they govern themselves and they police themselves. So that's, that's the issue, is, like, child abuse in that community, we can't touch as a society because they don't, like, they, they're, they're too insular. Mm. And this is part of the problem with the Catholic Church, but with the Catholic Church, it's, like, it's a bigger thing. Hmm. Um, because, like, you know, Catholic churches are, are they're more open to the world than uh, Hasids. Hmm. You know, I gotta say, man, I know you're having a rough time right now with the, mm -hmm. the neck the problem neck pain. And, and, the, and the weight. Yeah. I believe in you. Thank I you. think you could go into the, the lot overs, you know, into the, uh, the Hasidic community in New York, yeah. you infiltrate, yeah. you get a good wife who wears mm -hmm. a wig. That's so nasty. Kiss the mezuzah. That's so fucking nasty, man. The wig? What's wrong with the wig? <laughs> Those bitches are so beat. <laughs> oh my god. You got a problem with Ripley and Alien 3? Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to uh, lead in close to her? Because <sighs> <laughs> I kind of do. Mm. I, I want do. eight foot tall blue I've seen blue. I've seen bald girls that I'm into. Okay. Example. None of them are in Brooklyn. Hasidic <laughs> communities. Yeah, well, you don't get to see those girls with the wig off. Husband only. Oh, man. You ever read one of those Huffington Post articles where it's like, uh, like Muslims are the, are the true feminists because you get the, the you get to tantalize your man when you take off your, your trash bag? I haven't seen that angle, but that's really funny. It's pretty good. Mm. <laughs> when you take off your trash bag. I don't know. So what? What? 
like all this stuff that I'm that I'm talking about with academia. It's like you you've always have you always wanted to be a comedian. Is that the the goal? Has that been the goal? No, no, never. Really? I never, I didn't really. I was kind of goalless. Yeah. Okay. But you're definitely deeper deeper into academia than I ever than I ever got. I did a. I'm just autistic. I like to read. Yeah, but you went you went deeper though. I was I did an undergraduate art school program at a small sort of shitty shitty little art school. Yeah. That's different from getting a a degree in writing or a, th- a theology and pursuing the the writing track and yeah. being steeped with this in this world of other people aspiring academics. So that's definitely a, a, a deeper ride that you went on. Um, but I mean it confirms everything that I suspected about uh the whole industry, you know, that it's a it's a waste of money, it's a money making scheme, that the uh, they're really fucking these these youngsters. Um, they keep coming around to that. Yeah, and leave, leaving them with uh, no no nothing. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely, and there's no sense of responsibility on, on anybody's part. Right. I mean, even even in car sales, I think you would feel more responsible. You know, when you when you when you sucker someone into paying full sticker for a fucking Corolla. You most most car salesmen I know at least have a tinge of guilt, but professors do not uh, do not. And even then, so the persons they may you may have made an extra two thousand dollars or something, but they at least they have a Corolla. You know, they, at least they have something to use. Yeah, they can get around. It's a benefit to their their lives. They got something for their money. You know, in college cunts, um, you're gonna spend the rest of your life trying to come up with with uses for that two hundred thousand dollar Toyota Corolla or yeah. whatever it is. Um, you can, 250 now or whatever 250 as the tuition creeps up which it will continue to do until the whole thing fucking until all of you who have student loans stop paying seriously this is going to solve everything this whole thing needs to collapse i i think you should stop paying student loans by the way i and i'm i put my money where my mouth is uh which is far away from where the debt collectors can get it i do not pay my student loans i i did for two months mm. and then I realized that I was giving these people a lot of money in exchange for the fact that they fucked me permanently yeah god damn <laughs> well, here's, here's one of Nick's money tips Nick is a very shrewd very sharp business minded guy this yes. is one of his tried and true money tips that I have used to my own benefit now listen don't spread this around and don't don't use this tactic this is like antibiotics, okay? Because it's like if if more people use this, more and more people use this, there'll be an- antibiotic resistant bacteria. Right. So we don't want to we don't want to blast this technique out there and just have this for you know, if you're in debt for $400 or something, get that paid off. Don't 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 use this tactic. This is our antibiotics that we're going to be using here. Strictly for the Hyde Wars audience. Strictly for Hyde Wars audience in in $2,000 of debt or more. Okay? What you do is you you call up, you wait for it to go to collections, they call you up, okay? They say, uh, what's going to happen is collections is going to call, they're going to say, you, we need, you need to pay us 70 or 300, let's be realistic, you need to pay us $350 a month, okay? What you do is this. This is Nick's technique. I can't take credit for this, although I put my own interesting twist on it. You say, ah, geez, dude, $350? Ah. Now these people are used to hearing sob stories all day, so you don't you don't have to feel ashamed for hitting them with a sob story, real or fake. They hear this all day. What you do is you go, ah, dude, 
I just hit my car. I'm on these pills, bro. I can't do 350. Make a story. Tell them a story. This is another, this is one of my tactics now. The longer you keep someone listening to your fucking story, the better it's going to be for you, okay? This that is, applies in all areas. That, of everywhere. 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 You want something done? Tell a fucking story. You want it? You want your teacher to bump your grade up one, up five percent? Tell them a fucking twenty-minute story. Fuck them. And that's the way you got to think about it. As you're telling a story, you know, I'm trying. I'm trying to tell someone a story. I'm trying to come up with a twenty-minute story. What do I want to do? Do I want to entertain them? Do I want to have a poignant message at the end of it? No. If I'm trying, if if someone is standing between me and money, or success, or you know whatever, a, a, a bureaucrat. In a roadblock position, I'm, when I'm telling them the story, I'm thinking, fuck you. You're going to sit here with me for 25 fucking minutes, and you're going to listen to my sad story. Okay? So you get this person on the phone, you go, ah, dude, ah. You use that voice. They hear that voice all day. They're not going to, they can't tell that you're making this up. Ah, dude, I hurt my leg, bro. I lost my shoe. I was out on the street and I hurt my leg, dude. I was in the hospital for days with my leg. And they got me on these pills? I can't afford anything. I can't pay 350. The longer you tell the story, you don't really even have to tell a long story, but it's gonna be it will benefit you in the end. And then the debt collector, they're gonna go, okay, sir, well, you can't so you can't pay 350 a month. Let me put this light back on. You no, know, I didn't. I was gonna opt for the the F one fifty filmmaker package. <laughs> it was just too much money. I couldn't justify the extra seventy dollars for the filmmaker package, but it comes with its Carl Zeiss lenses over the headlights. Um. Mm. So you tell them the story, okay, and make it painful. You're trying to. You're trying to waste this person's time deliberately. And um, <clears throat> at the end of it, <clears throat> they're going to say, so, oh, I understand, sir. So you can't do 350 a month. What can you do? How much can you do? This is Nick's tactic. This changed my life. You go like this. You go, ah, geez. I don't know. Uh, $3? <laughs> They'll fucking... Let you pay three dollars a month. I still owe thousands of dollars. The, when I when I when I first learned about Bitcoin, I did the crazy move that everybody everybody in my life told me I was crazy, told me I was going to regret it, etc. I took out thousands of dollars of credit card debt to buy Bitcoin, like twelve thousand dollars of debt. Okay, and I still owe that just because I haven't paid it off because I don't care because I'm paying like eleven dollars a month to owe somebody twelve thousand. And it's not like interest keeps going up, right? No, because they're going to call you in like five years and be like, Can, will you settle for half? Can you pay it now for half? And then you, what you do is you go, uh, I could I could pay like 40% of it right now cash, but I only got cash because I got money for the pills. I don't know. I haven't had money in day. I only have four. I got 4,000. <coughs> what do I owe you? 16,000? Ah, dude. I got 4000 now, but the only way I can pay it is if I pay off all the debt, but that's only because I got the pills. Um, that money's going to be gone tomorrow. You make the collections agency think that you have money one time 
and that it's going to be gone tomorrow, and this is the only time they're going to be able to recoup any amount of the debt, they will, they will settle for half of what you owe, like minimum, okay? But that's not the main point. The main point is that if somebody owed me $20,000, I would be pissed off. I'd be borderline having a heart attack all the time. I'd be thinking about it all the time. I would want to kill this person, okay? Right. And I'm not going to do that in exchange for $11 a month. That's the value you're getting. That's what you're getting. You're getting a lump sum or whatever it is. You're getting that big figure for $7 a month. That's the tip. You tell them a story. They ask you what you can do. And instead of firing back with, oh, I don't know, $100 a month? No. You're doing $8 a month. That's it right there. That's, that's, good. that's the debt tip. That's good advice. Mm. Um, I, have, I have a unique approach. Well, not a unique approach. I have an approach. Because I owe... A lot of money, but I don't owe it to a person. I owe it to an impersonal intersection of organizations that ultimately tops out at the federal government. Mm. I think I pay my debt to them when they pay their debt to me. Mm. The second that there's a civilization that's worth living in that I feel what I would feel good about paying back in, mm -hmm. uh, I you know, then we can talk. <laughs> then they could call your accountant. Yeah. <coughs> It's like, so I actually... I like that approach. Yeah, well, it, it works really well. Yeah. If you're willing to accept levels of survival that other people consider unnatural. Yeah. Um, I had this great conversation. If you're willing to sleep on acoustic flooring, acoustic if, padding. If you're willing to sleep on, on audio, audio foam insulation next to a 40-year-old Muslim man with an engineering degree who, because his world is just as fucked as mine can only make a living creating sandwiches for fucking assholes that try to uh, switch it up on him and suggest ingredients right at the end so that they could get the sandwich free mm. in Brooklyn. Mm. Like, he's an engineer. He's, he's supposed to... He was trained to work on hydroelectric dams. Mm. But the best way he has to support his family is to come to Brooklyn and make sandwiches for ungrateful fucking pigs. Damn. And, you know... Terrible. We're both sleeping on pieces of audio insulation... Pissing in milk jugs. <laughs> oh my god! Fuck, man. But it's a good fucking time. Mm. And and that's another thing. People need to be more appreciative of what I call the golden years, which is when you're like Sin City, Marv. It's the good old days, the, the all or nothing days. days, the bad days. They're yeah. back. They're back. Say that in your head. That's that's been the best periods of my life when I was like really under the gun. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually, it's kind of been going on for me so long that it's become like a, I, I think, I hope a permanent lifestyle. Mm. Um, because occasionally I'll get offered this thing where it's like, you know, do you want to come, like, do you want to come move in with this girl or whatever? Do you want to like have a nice house? Do you want to like, do you want your life to be kind of settled and like mm. she'll get you on fucking the pills that will allow you to function in society and you get a job at a bookstore? Mm. And it's like, you know, I, I don't want to do that. Mm. I just, like, that That seems way worse to me, because it's like, yeah, I would get to piss in a toilet, mm -hmm. which to me now is, like, a special treat. Every time I do it, I'm like, yeah, do it good. Uh, but, you know, ultimately, when you're in the all-or-nothing period... when You've got to be, like, Case from Neuromancer. Exactly. When the worst-case scenario, like, everything that you do in your life, the worst-case scenario of, like, how bad could this go should be, I fucking die. Mm. That should be the worst case scenario. The worst case sh scenario should not be, oh, I, I had kind of a crummy day and like, oh man, the, the internet won't buffer so I can't watch Rick and Morty. Mm. I can't watch, I have to wait till tomorrow. To Come watch on, Morty. Rick and Morty. 
Yeah, come on, Morty. Let's, let's go to McDonald's. <laughs> let's enjoy some pop nihilism, Morty. <laughs> Our lives don't mean anything. Yeah, I need that Szechuan sauce. Yeah. Hey, Morty. You wanna? You wanna? Let, let, let's make fail. <laughs>